When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we're going to answer a question that I've been getting asked a lot for the last couple of months. Uh, It's a question I don't have an answer to. You know, people are asking, how do you cope? What's the best method of coping? How do I deal with all of this that's going around? And truthfully, I I don't know. Um, My, I, I tend to just throw myself into the grinder and that's, I'm self-aware enough to know that that is probably not good advice. <laughs> that's, from a mental health standpoint, that's probably not the right move. So, I reached out to somebody named Jody Strock, And we're going to uh, get a view from somebody who actually understands this stuff. So, uh, let's listen to Jody's thoughts. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, uh, we're going to be talking with Jody Strock. She's a therapist and practitioner of mindfulness. Um, and we're about to find out what that means. So Jody, could you start us off with telling us a little bit about what it is you do? Sure. And first, I just want to thank you so much for having me on here. I feel um, just so grateful and I really appreciate the opportunity to give voice to whatever comes out here today. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so as far as how um, I get to meet people in this world through my job is it started out with marriage and family therapy. That's what I went to graduate school for. And um, I learned what most of us learn in those programs, which is a lot of theory, Uh, I was really fortunate with the school that I went to that we had a lot of live practice before uh, we became licensed. And kind of paralleling my experience with my education was this whole other education of um, practicing yoga in my own life and kind of straddling this place of thinking that was um, for other people and a little granola crunchy and kind of wishing I was in that world, but also um, feeling really drawn to, to the underlying themes and messages in yoga. And then when I met my partner that I'm with now, um, finding the value of meditation practice. Um, he was a meditation practitioner and I saw how much that supported our relationship. And it, meditation seemed once again, like something that was for these other people in my mind um, that I could kind of wish that I might one day be, but it didn't really resonate for me at that time or it felt so far away. Um, And I think through just being together with him and seeing that here's this regular person I'm in relationship with bringing in this practice, it became much more accessible um, to me. And I, I started to Um, practice with a meditation group weekly and start learning some Buddhist teachings um, and receiving those teachings, learning from them. 
And then um, there's this boom of secular mindfulness that seemed to happen over the past few years that made it so accessible to so many more people. And um, I found that intriguing and I just kept uh, following my curiosity there. And I found that as I had my own mindfulness practice and really was doing my own inner work, I just saw that there was just no way I could work with people and um, really be with people's inner world uh, without taking full responsibility and really being honest about my own inner world. Um, I would eventually kind of hit this place if I wasn't doing my own practice where I couldn't fully be of service and um, just go to the darkest and deepest places with others. So that's a huge motivation to me. And, and I really don't see it as two separate things. I really see um, just the, the connectedness between my own personal work and the work I do with other individuals, but also the work that um, is there to be done in the world. Okay. Okay. So how would this apply and how would this help when we are talking about people today with everything that's going on and you can pick your topic, um, <laughs> all of the different stuff that's, that's occurring in the United States and the world. We're all going through a lot of, uh, let's just say changes and stressors, things that, that are out of the norm. So they're causing stress, even if it's not a, uh, a huge amount of stress. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm wondering is if there is anything that you can share that can help people adjust to all of the changes that are coming along, because it's a question we get a lot. Sure. I mean, this is such a huge topic and especially, you know, the week that you and I are doing this, um, it's where everything is really just coming to a head, um, even more. And I think it has been for a long time, but just around, uh, the relationship with race in our country um, and people's responses to that and real pain and grief and rage, um, the anticipation and anxiety uh, that we're all holding in our own way around stay-at-home orders and as those soften and where people stand on that with uh, COVID-19. So um, yeah, I have to say just for myself as we're talking about this, I'm um, just wanting to pause because I know here for me, it it's a lot. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a lot. And I, I'm feeling that. Um, if I'm being completely transparent and honest, I have spent the last few weeks um, in a really tender place of just being with my own grief and watching how, um, how quickly that can trigger reactivity when I'm not paying attention and really taking the time to pause and look inward. So I think on a more um, practical level for, for people listening, um, I just want to pause so I can get clear on this. Uh, there's, um, it's really easy right now, I think for so many of us, and I'm including myself, to fall into a place of hopelessness, helplessness, letting fear either paralyze us or um, kind of catapult us into uh, reactivity. Um, 
you know, so either we're acting in, uh, which can be um, negative self-talk, self-aggression, uh, comparison to others, um, standards that we create, striving, um, feeling like we're not doing enough, um, or we can project it outward and really other people and judge and blame and um, point fingers. And, and those are such easy places to spin out, whether it's happening in, our, in an inward way or an outward way. And for so many of us, it kind of is a ping pong match back and forth when we get caught in those places. Um, so first, just acknowledging uh, the collective experience of this that I've been seeing, um, again, in myself and in the world around. Um, and first, I think it can be incredibly helpful when we can um, remember that there is so much value in finding the courage to just stop and be with our own experience. I think we're taught, um, we're kind of conditioned as a culture to run away from discomfort, to find a way to um, numb out from it or view it as a big problem that we need to solve. And it's such a relief. It's been such a relief to me to recognize that these feelings that we have in these really big moments are often the healthiest response we could be having to a collective trauma and that anger is a natural response when there's a violation of a boundary, that anxiety is um, such a human response to feeling threatened. And so there's a compassion piece here when we can just sit. And even right now, as you're listening, it might be nice for us all together to just close our eyes, even if this feels horribly foreign to you. <laughs> um, just knowing that maybe for you, closing your eyes is um, a thing of courage to just pause and take a breath. And to give ourselves permission to feel into what's arising in the physical body. So this, this sounds a lot like your 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 <laughs> different different phrasing, but I mean, it sounds like you're kind of saying embrace the suck. I mean, like, it's horrible, <laughs> but you're you're gonna have to sit with it. This this is you know you you need to acknowledge the emotions, and all of the things that you're feeling at the moment. I think there's great benefit in that, and I also want to just acknowledge with that that um, for some of us that you know. I'll, this is such a big piece of it, and sometimes I can get a little scattered in trying to name it. Um, but we all come to this world from um, coming from different circumstances. And so there are some of us who have received a foundation for how to meet embracing the suck. <laughs> and there's um, many of us who um, actually the best thing that we could have done in our childhood was to just survive. And um, it wasn't the time to embrace the suck. Uh, you know, it was the time to just survive. And so this is um, 
really might be very scary and very new for many people. And for some of us, it might be something that we're practicing regularly, but no matter where it is that you find yourself falling in that um, space, it, it really is as simple as beginning to turn towards. And yes, if you want to call it embracing the stuff, that's fine languaging for it. But I think that the benefit of that and where it can really um, turn a corner is that when only, I find only when I've been able to learn how to sit with these places in myself, am I, do I have access to then be able to tolerate it more in the world around? And that when I can then start to tolerate it more in the world around me, um, action becomes available that I didn't even know was possible before. Uh, and that is really empowering, whether that action is simply learning how to more tolerate and listen to somebody's perspective that five years ago, I would have argued with them or gotten caught in kind of an ego space with them. Now there's a place that can just hold space and not be a passive recipient of um, violence or um, negativity or any of that. It's not about that. It's about really being able to deeply listen, to see the person fully that's in front of me. And then from that place, knowing when there's an opportunity to um, plant a seed or to say something that um, might allow more spaciousness um, in the conversation. And so it, whatever form it's taking, right? Um, it's, it's a way for us as we turn to our own experience using that trusting that our own inner work is what will then ripple out and make an impact in the world and, and i find that incredibly hopeful yeah i like it um are there any specific uh, specific things that people can do to help alleviate the the stress and the tension and the anxiety that's coming along all of these changes and certain the ones that will come next week because it just seems to continue. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me just pause there for a moment. You know, I think the first thing is to um, just ask if there's any ways that you can be taking care of yourself right now. Um, to really make space to do that. And I don't mean the self-care, like, um, you know, this isn't about uh, what you might find on an Instagram page about here's 10 things for self-care and um, not, not that kind of self-care. That's fine, but that's not what I'm talking about. This is more of, um, is there a need for more rest? You know, some people right now um, that I've worked with have shared that sleep has been really hard because there's the mind is running so much and there's so much fear or overwhelm, whatever it is, that it's just really hard to sleep at night. Um, and along with this comes a pressure from either losing a job and feeling like you need to make ends meet or having a job that's ramped up right now and a fear that if you don't keep up with it, you're going to lose your job, wherever the anxiety is coming from. Let's just say, for example, maybe you're having a difficult time sleeping from all of this. Um, I found it really useful in those moments when I've had trouble sleeping to lay in bed and just have a kind voice that can say, eventually sleep will happen. <laughs> eventually sleep will happen. And um, I can rest while, while I'm not sleeping. And to trust that 
rest is very restorative, even if sleep isn't happening. So I'd say that's what one thing people can do is just find little ways. That's just one example to bring um, real tenderness um, to themselves right now. You know, compassion practices. Um, and that can just be as simple as noticing. How do you talk to yourself? You know, when you're walking around your day and uh, in your day and maybe you uh, have a human moment and you make a mistake, what's the dialogue? How do you talk to yourself in that moment? And, you know, something my teacher asked me that is funny languaging, but it really changed the way that I've looked at life is, you know, who who is that? You know, who who's that voice? Like, is that a familiar voice? Is Where did that come from? What part of me is that? Um, you know, what, where's that credit coming from? Things like this just begin to give us a little bit of space to take that step backwards and be able to see, to have a little bit of spaciousness between, um, it's changing the languaging from saying like, I'm so hard on myself to, huh, there's a part of me that can be really critical. And how, how can I take care of myself when that part of me begins to arise? All right. Um, so, one of the one of, one of the larger things that we have going on right it feeling that they can't act, they can't affect the world, they can't make things better. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any any advice on how to deal with those emotions specifically? With, with the kind of paralysis, is that what you're asking that can come with how overwhelming it, this can all be right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it might sound a little bit like a broken record, but that's on purpose. Just <laughs> um, It really does start, and it really is enough to... Um, to it's like Tara Brock is a teacher that... Um, that is pretty known in the mindfulness world, she refers to this as doing a U-turn, right? So it's like when we catch ourselves looking out in the world and thinking like, oh my gosh, this is so much, what can I do? This is so overwhelming and you feel paralyzed by that. It's such a great opportunity to like, to just do a little U-turn and turn your attention again inward. And what this allows for is we can actually meet ourselves in this moment exactly as we are. So, huh, I'm feeling really paralyzed right now. You know, what is it that's needed? What's needed when the sense of paralysis is here? And simply giving yourself a few moments to take deep breaths, right? When we get caught in our head, it's like, if you could see me right now, I'm going to um, verbalize this. It's like, I'm taking my hand and like moving it up to my head. It's like, so we spend so much time in our head and our mind. Um, and looping around, what can I do? How can I do this differently? Oh no, I feel really paralyzed and hopeless and I'm not making a big enough impact in the world and so much change needs to happen and here I am just sitting here doing nothing. We can be really in our head. It's so valuable to just almost like imagine you're taking an elevator from your head down your face, down your throat, into your body. And just notice the impact this is having on your body in this moment. Just go down into the body. That's, it's a really grounding practice to have. It, it roots you back down. And it starts to inform us so that we're not um, 
just obeying these thoughts that um, are chattering at us in our mind, but it allows us to access more of our whole experience and we can take care of ourselves there. And through that, I promise you that how you show up in the world as you meet yourself in this way of just turning towards yourself, I promise you it will make a huge impact of how you show up in the world around you. So this sounds a lot, you know, we, we have a uh, widely, we, we got a pretty varying group of people here. The, the sounds to me like be here now. Is, is that, that's the same premise. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's the be here now. Um, there's, you know, my teacher has a wonderful book called Relational Mindfulness, and I think it was, it's been the single most useful resource to me in my life um, to giving practical um, hands-on support to how to meet ourselves in difficult times. Um, her name is Deborah Eden Tall, and she also has a lot of free resources and support for this right now um, available through her website. Um, which is DebraEatonToll.com. Um, but uh, I mean, there's so, there's so many spaces out there. Uh, it's actually a really wonderful thing that's coming out of this time right now. And that, that's actually reminding me, and if it's, if it's okay with you, Bo, um, if, if I say a little something, if I elaborate on that, is that okay? Or did you have another direction you wanted to go in? Oh, no, absolutely. Go right ahead. Um, there's a teacher named Joanna Macy. I was listening to an interview with her and she's in her nineties now. Um, and she, uh, I thought she had the most fascinating perspective on what's arising in the world. And she, she gave the definition of apocalypse. And she was saying often when we think of the apocalypse, we just think of doomsday and just the end of the world and everything falling apart. And, um, she said that when she looked up the definition, what she found is that it's, it also means a revelation and an unveiling, that there's an unveiling, there's a veil that's lifting up, and we have this ability to see things now that we didn't have access to seeing before, that there are things being exposed that we can um, really see, and yes, it can be shocking, right, and there's time that we need to integrate and let that shock be there and let our um whatever our experience around that be um but also to acknowledge the um the importance of having the blinders taken off of having the veil lifted so that we can actually see clearly what's here because when we can see clearly what's here we can then meet what's here um in a way that can have an impact and i found that to be an awesome view from somebody who has a lot of life experience and a lot of wisdom. So, um, you know, I, I think in holding kind of the, the heaviness and the darkness and the weight and the challenge at this time, it's so important to value the, the um, importance of the darkness. You know, that, you know, part of what Eden, my teacher says, is that it's through darkness where life is really born and where it comes out of. And that this is also a really fertile time, as challenging as it is for the world, for the collective. That's 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 deep. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Blew me away. It's like a waking up. <laughs> so, given that that, that we're looking at uh, all of this stuff happening, and and I, this, so it's don't lose hope is basically. I mean, well, that, I mean that should go without saying, but I mean that that kind of seems as though. Be here now. Be aware of all of this stuff. I'm trying to sum all of this up and keep it. Um, so be here now. Be aware of what's going on. Don't lose hope because things are going to get better. Is that? But but embrace what it is that you're feeling. Yes. Yeah. If you're if if feeling a loss of hope, if there's a part of you that feels completely hopeless right now, um, I don't know that it would be helpful. You know, for me to say, don't lose hope, because it's it's that's not gonna that's not gonna really meet you where you are. If really, if that's where there's a part of you that's losing hope, really turning towards that part, finding a way to just meet that part, and know that's not all of who we are. That's just a part of who we are, and so it's just fine. There's no problem with that. It's not a problem to feel hopeless in one moment, um, and it will change. <laughs> So I, I heard that uh, some of the people in your field uh, mm -hmm. use, uh, like they encourage community service mm -hmm. events, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, can you give me some of the rationale behind that, if that is something that you agree with? Can you say more when you say community service events? Um, can you clarify what you're speaking about? Uh, um, Basically, they'll encourage people to get involved in volunteer activities or um, any anything along those lines. And I've heard of a couple of different people doing it in different ways. Um, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's common or I don't know <laughs> if this is just a coincidence that the the few that I'm aware of do this. Yeah, you know. Um... First of all, community service is such a, it, it, to me, it's, it's, um, it serves all of us, you know, it, it, yes, it directly serves the community we're showing up for it, it, but it also has an impact on the person who's showing up for the service. And it, it, um, it just has this huge ripple effect. And I, I know that, uh, it's such an important thing for me, my, uh, dear friend, Lauren and I started about four years ago, actually, um, something called living practice. And it's where we get our, some people in our community, whoever's interested, we send out an email um, and we go out and do service here in where we live in California. And we do various acts of service um, from serving, um, you know, people who experience homelessness to planting trees, to uh, going out and, um, helping to start a garden for a local elementary school. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's beautiful about that, and I think at this time, especially when we can feel so isolated and um, missing that face-to-face -face connection, there's something so valuable about finding ways to plug into community. Um, so yes, there's a lot of value in that. And I, I highly recommend exploring that if that's something you haven't done before because community is something that um, I think at this time where 
we're on our computer screens more. And I'm not just talking about the time of COVID. I'm talking about this time in our lives where um, connecting over uh, social media, um, any type of computer media, we're, we're spending more time uh, isolated and less in community, many of us. Um, at least that's been my experience here in Los Angeles, um, that we can sometimes forget the um, amazing power and energy that comes from connecting with community. And also, um, there's such an opportunity to put a face to uh, people that we might think when we're isolated alone are so different from us. Putting a face to it brings us uh, humanity in, and it allows us to erase that veil of separation that we can get so caught in believing that I'm me and you're you, and it invites us into a more we uh, consciousness experience. And and my, it's my personal belief that there is incredible power to um, meeting the world right now when we meet it from that place of remembering the we instead of the I versus you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. It was just, it, yeah, I, I found that really interesting because most of, most of the people that I'm aware of that encourage the, 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 the inward looking, they also do this thing where they, they, they push for the, the people that they're working with to go out and, you know, get involved in the community and do all of this stuff. I always found it a unique, it's not a contradiction because it, it, does, it makes complete sense when you think about it, but on the surface, it, it, it kind of doesn't when you first glance at it. Um, but I, I always thought it was very interesting. Um, okay. So this is a question I ask pretty much everybody who comes on the show. And this is, uh, if you have one piece of advice for mm. the people who are going to listen to this to on how they personally could help change the world, make their community better, whatever, something they could do, what would it be? Hmm. Gosh, that's a huge question. Um, and I feel a lot of uh, vulnerability in myself arise because it feels like a big responsibility to provide an answer to it. Um, <laughs> um, no pressure. Um, I mean, the reality is, I would say to look inward because there's not, um, I don't think that, it, I think if you're really looking into your own experience, um, you'll find um, something that moves you. You know, it could be as simple as um, a family member who has a different view on something than you do. Just being able to reach out and connect with them not even i'm not i'm not suggesting that you connect with them about the topic that you have a challenge around um but but just to simply bridge a connection to um to uh, again it's putting that face it's making more human um and it could also be as simple as when um a, an emotion that's challenging rises up inside of you having the courage and the patience and the willingness to explore it, to investigate, to be with yourself just a little longer than you may want to or have previously chosen to. 
um, I really have experienced in my own life and believe um, with my whole body, <laughs> my whole heart, that that is the, um, the stepping stones to being able to create real change in the world is trusting that we, we start with looking at our own responses to things. Okay. All right. So parting shot, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? Anything, anything you think people should definitely look more into on their own? Anything like that? Um, I mean, I suggested some some resources, um, and I definitely think those are great. Something right now that I do want to speak to, um, there is a woman named Ruth King um, who wrote a book called Mindful of Race, uh, and she is just amazing. Um, and so if that's, if right now some of what's coming up in um, the world around race is uh, really touching you in any way, that book and, and her work is an amazing, amazing resource. So I would just offer that to anybody who uh, that's up for right now. Okay. Okay. Um, so unless you have anything else, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, it's definitely given people a, uh, a lot to process. It's kind of a change of pace. The channel's normally like extremely political and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but I, with everybody asking, hey, maybe we should slow down, it seemed like a good idea to maybe slow down a little bit. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess we're going to wrap it up unless you have anything else. That's everything. Thank you so much, Bo. It, it was really just, um, I was really touched to be invited on. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, thanks <laughs> for coming on. We enjoyed it, and I'm sure that people are going to benefit from it. All right. So, uh, all right, everybody, that's it for the show. Uh, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good night.